When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And there is this disturbing trend in the NFL. We see it a lot now. NFL running backs are not being paid. And we saw recently Austin Eckler came out and said, listen, I wanted a bigger contract from the LA Chargers. They said, no, I asked to be traded. The Chargers value him as like worthy of like multiple first round picks and yet do not want to pay him a living wage for an NFL player. Obviously they make more money than us, but listen, this is money that's coming out of a TV contract for anybody that's always on the side of management. Like this money, this pool of money comes from the TV contracts and the billions of dollars that the NFL is raking in. The players just want part of that. Okay. So when everybody's like, oh, they, why should they be paid more than me? Because they're making more than you. Because they're going out there and entertaining us, and they're doing the product. Why does everybody root for the, the studio and not the actors or the writers who are actually going out there and producing everything? And now we see it, though, with these players like Saquon Barkley, um, Josh Jacobs. Neither one of these guys will be in training camp this season. Their careers are going to end up being affected by this. Just look at what happened to Le'Veon Bell. A couple of seasons ago, when he decided to hold out with the Pittsburgh Steelers and say, I'm going to go out and try to do my own thing, ended up with who the, was it, the Jets, whatever awful situation was, to the point that he came out and he apologized to Steelers fans for leaving. And I, I think about this, too, as I am sitting here rocking a Walter Payton shirt, the greatest player in NFL history, somebody who has left an indelible mark on my family, he would not have played for the Chicago Bears past the 1980 season. We might have gotten five, maybe six years out of him. Then he would have left as a free agent. He would have signed with the San Francisco 49ers. Perhaps he would have gotten a touchdown in a Super Bowl, but he would not have been there because his best years were 77, 75, like 79. Although he did play pretty well in 84 and 85 when the team was getting really good. But still, we would not have seen him. And it's a very, it's, it's something that I just, I don't know what the solution is. There are probably smarter people out there who could figure it out more than me, but I just think it's a disturbing trend in the NFL. This is why we don't see David Montgomery this season. It's why Matt Forte played two seasons with the Jets, and it's just been frustrating. And it's been something that I've been thinking about, and I just, you know, I just wanted to say that. But you know what? We got a lot of cool things to talk about. So, Sammy, let's just go ahead and start the show. Turn up your volume, your volume. because you're about to listen to the Sick Podcast. The Sick Podcast. With Adam Ray. Trying to cut it back. Justin Fields making magic happen. There goes Fields. Touchdown. The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sports entertainment like no other. 
it's gonna be sick. It is Tuesday night. You know what that means. It is time for Take It to the Rank. Great show coming up for you tonight as we continue to inch closer to the start of training camp. Uh, here to be breaking it down in a matter of moments, Carmen Vitale will be joining us. Did want to say a couple of things, in, including uh, thanks to everybody with the Washington Wild Wings organization who held, who had me uh, as a part of the celebrity softball tournament, the Three Rivers Classic that happened on Saturday night, a wonderful event hosted by Cam Hayward. We had Kenny Pickett out there, a number of Steelers, but more importantly, my new friend, Britt Baker, Jaquan Brisker uh, was out there. And Jaquan Brisker was actually using, he's a fellow lefty. He was using my glove. I wouldn't let him use, uh, listen, I didn't want him to use some unbroken in Rawlings glove. I said, you know what? I got my old Mizuno that I've had since I was 12 years old. Would be my honor if you shared it with me and we used it. So it was a great event. Thanks to everybody who uh, who joined us, who were out there. I know Patrick was out there. I met a lot of you. It was really cool. Like a lot of people showed up uh, out of the woodwork, able to, to uh, hobnob with all of you and uh, make some connections. Be uh, We'll be going on some podcasts here in the near future. Hopefully Jaquan Brisker will be joining us. He said, bet. I said, will you come on? He goes, bet, which I think that's good. I don't know. I, I That's why I have our co-host here to help me discern whether these ver this vernacular is good or not. And joining us, as always, from foxsports.com, it's the great Carmen Vitale. Carmen, how are you living? Um, differently right now, as you can tell from my background. Um, what is going on? You're not in Chicago? No, I am in Chicago, actually. I'm in the Chicago suburbs. Um, this is my brother's gaming outfit. Uh, so I am in between places right now as I figure out some other things in my life. Um, but yeah, we're good. Uh, all's good. And bet does mean a good thing. Bet's That's like, good. you bet. It's, it's essentially like you bet. We're going to do it. I That's got awesome. you. That's it. His, yeah. uh, his business manager has been in contact with me. So it sounds, uh, it sounds like he was super nice. Like, I don't know if you've ever had an opportunity to speak with Jaquan Brisker but he was a delight. Like he was really a nice guy. Like not like some of these guys like don't, you know, they they're nice, but they, but like Jaquan was like, I mean, obviously he's using my gloves, so he's probably forced to be nice. But he was, it was pretty cool. Um, I have gotten to talk to him in the locker room after games um, a couple of times, which is always a hard environment because it was after a couple of losses. Um, <laughs> especially, especially last year. Like, like, right. Hey. So there weren't a lot of wins to go around. Um, but he was perfectly gracious, very friendly. Actually, he was really fun. So I've gotten to talk to him on a couple of occasions and, uh, yeah, he's great. He really seems like it. I won't go too far into the stories or anything like that. Hopefully I'll be able to get him on and we could have a little bit of a conversation, kind of reminisce what was going on. I've got to poke fun at him for a couple of things, but I'll save that. Hopefully, uh, he will come through, but if nothing else, I was kind of shocked at how tall he was. It's like, Oh my God, like what a monster. <laughs> he's Ooh. like he's kind of reminiscent of like the old school safeties of like the 80s and yeah. like early 90s and yeah he's it, it's i feel like you're seeing that though with these kind of positionless defensive backs where they they play a bunch of different things although he is mostly just a strong safety but he's he's great and he's a lot but yeah he is a lot bigger in person than you think he is he's a monster i remember last year meeting kyle hamilton of the baltimore ravens and i was like god that guy's pretty big too yeah. so and it, the only disappointing thing was is that they had they had jaquan on team Berg, which I'm assuming he's originally from Pittsburgh, but you know, he went to Penn state. He took a shot at the Pitt Panthers and he doesn't play for the Steelers 
And I told the organizer, I go, listen, next year, if he's playing, like he's on our team, uh, yeah. I'll bring, I'll bring him another glove that he can use, but like, he's on our team. Like he's, he's team world. He's not a Pittsburgh guy uh, anymore, especially after going to Penn state and playing for the Chicago bears. But in any event, that's neither here nor there. Let's talk a little bit about our starting quarterback. Uh, Daniel Greenberg tweeted out that there was only one player training at Hallis Hall. And I'm assuming this was on Monday. And it was uh, Justin Fields. He was out there. And listen, we're both on social media. We're very active on this. Is it my imagination? But this guy only works out. Like, I have not seen one video of him with the red solo cup or anything. And I don't know if this is calculated. But, like, he is working out all the time. He It seems like he's always training. I think that you, I think that both of us even, like, found that video of him working out with Darnell Mooney and posted it on our socials. Yeah, he was down in Miami working out with the top Bears' top uh part of the wide receiver room essentially like his starting three or four receivers was down they were down in miami with him um and that's great i mean that's that happens all across the league which is really wonderful i mean these guys really can't afford to take months actually off um because it just makes it that much harder when you get to training camp and i think Mm. what tweet from daniel greenberg was saying if if it's the video that i saw uh, yeah. Justin Fields has a really good friend whose name is Simeon. He's a photographer and he's the one that took all those photos down in Miami. He showed a video of Justin walking in or out of Al- Palace Hall at like 11 p.m. Yeah. Um, so I would I think it's safe to say that he was the only one in there at that point. <laughs> um, but he hasn't been the only one working out there all off season. I've talked to oh. guys that have been there all off season. Um, it just, it depends on when you can fit your workout in. Sometimes that is at 11 o'clock at night and it does show how dedicated he is to making sure that he gets it in. And he's t- obviously taking care of his body and doing what he can this off season to get ready for the imminent start of training camp, which is what a week away. Yeah. It's almost, it's, it's almost there. And it's funny because Tyler Scott even mentioned when he was on the show that Justin's car was always there. I don't know if it's some sort of George Costanza type thing where it's just like, leave your car there and take a lift. <laughs> to and from so it always looks like you're there and i even know this too as a uh, as an old newspaper guy when i was working for the orange county register you know you get off the news desk at 11 o'clock you're not going to go to bed you're going to probably go out to 24-hour fitness or any, i shouldn't give the they we're gonna have to end the free advertising but like i would go to the gym that stayed open around the yeah. clock um and that's what like you said you had to get your workout in so i love to see it although i will say like there's some other i, I keep track of this there are other quarterbacks and I'm not, this isn't towards Aaron Rodgers, but there's other guys who I feel like they enjoy life. They're, they're really enjoying their, which is fine. Go do what you got to do. But I love that. We always just see uh, Justin Fields just kind of out there working. Out. And if he's not working out, um, he's also doing charity events. I remember last year, there was a guy who got mad at Justin for not signing an autograph or like a grown man who was, uh, who was not. Instead, we've got this wholesome content from the Chicago Bears. I mean, if we have the video, of a Justin, this was Justin at a charity event. Like, what do you think if you're this little kid? <laughs> like, you're out there, you're wearing this guy's video, you're wearing this guy's jersey. I don't know. I, again, I'm swayed, I'm biased, and everything like that. Especially now that I have children, it feels like Justin is doing, in regards to this, that he's doing, doing everything correct. Yeah, and that's never been a question with him. I mean, you talk you talk to guys in the locker room that are with him that have played with him, even going back as far as Ohio State, and he's always been a really good leader. And he's a he's, he's for all intents and purposes. I mean, I don't know him personally, but for, from what it seems, he's a great guy, and that's all that comes along with it. He also seems to understand the 
position that he's placed in as the starting quarterback of an NFL franchise, that it means so much more than just what's on the field. It means connecting with the community. It means being an ambassador. It means being the face of a franchise. And that's something that I think we can all trust that he understands and that he's really good at. And there's no concerns about or issues with him as the face of this franchise. It's just he has to go out on the field and prove it now. But I mean, all of the other stuff he's got down pat and he has since it seems like day one, which I mean, it happens, especially when you're a quarterback, especially when you're coming out of a giant program like Ohio State. Mm -hmm. You know, you get used to that kind of stuff really early. Yeah, um, and you understand those. And even at Georgia, yeah, yeah, Georgia. I mean, like, yeah, he was at Georgia, Ohio State, both gigantic, basically pro level programs. Yeah, um, if you're talking about as close as you can get in college, so he's more been, professional than the Cardinals. Yeah, <laughs> he's been used to this for a really long time, and he is he excels at it. So that that's what makes it so easy to root for him. Is yes. that he's just he understands what it means to be a leader and what it means to be an ambassador and a diplomat for the Chicago Bears. You know, I was trying to figure it out too because I I couldn't I couldn't remember if this was the exact same person, but the guy was short. So, but I don't want to besmirch anybody if this wasn't the guy. But I believe that one of the participants in this event on Saturday night, I think he was the guy who was snubbed by Justin Fields. And at first the guy was sort of off-putting and cause like he's a friend of um of uh bear down cuz and I was trying to be cool with them and then like this guy was sort of like kind of not off-putting but like whatever but then he turned out to be really cool and I'm like okay I didn't want to bring it up because I'm like hey because I didn't once he was cool I didn't want to be like hey were you the guy that did this thing and then he yelled at our first baseman for not catching a ball and I'm like you know what I think um I think that might be him by the way, I always love this too. I'm sorry, I'm going to go into a softball story just for a moment. Is that this guy was playing short? He could he could pick it. He would, he could field. He could hit, and uh, he threw a ball to the first. Our first baseman probably should have caught it, but you know, like we're not professionals. And then I thought he was having a go, like he was just joking, and then he wasn't. So I had to run up to him. I'm like, hey, uh, you could have thrown it to second base because uh, Nikki from Barstool was there, just covering the bag. Like you had a four foot throw to second, and you went to first instead. That's on you, but I'm sorry. I've that's not what we're here to talk about. Maybe I'll bring that up if Jaquan Brisker comes up. But speaking with uh, drama, listen, this is how we fill the time until training camp. But Justin Fields was on the uh, the NFL with CBS again. This is kind of the offseason content that I really love. Uh, they had an opportunity to talk to him after a workout, of course. Um, Sam, do we have the video of that because he was talking about his uh, top running quarterbacks in NFL history? I don't know if we have the sound for it. But do we have that, Sammy? Before you know the game, watching the game, mm -hmm. if you had to rank your top five quarterbacks in regards to running. In regards to running? Yeah. Right. And you can throw yourself in the list, too. Oh, I am. Because I definitely think I am. Uh, okay, so start with Justin. He's in the top five. I'm running definitely in the top five. No order. But I got to go with my boy Mike Vick. Yep. Um, got to go with Cam. Uh, Lamar, of course. Yeah. Me, and then final. Steve Young, too. Steve Young. Steve nice. Young. Steve Shots Young out to nice. Steve Young. Okay, Steve I like nice that. Too. I like that. I like it. First of all, um, let me ask you, him putting himself on the list, that's that's appropriate, right? I think, I mean, given what he did last year, breaking the rushing records for quarterbacks, I mean, you kind of have to be able to put yourself on that list. Now, he is talking about five guys that had longevity, which is not something mm -hmm. that he's had yet. Um, but for all intents and purposes, it, it doesn't seem like he's going to lose his running ability anytime soon. And he's probably still going to need it in the foreseeable future. So I think that's appropriate. And also, obviously, he has confidence in himself. And that's kind of 
one thing that he can unequivocally hang his hat on. Justin Fields can hang his hat on being a really good runner. Um, our friend Nick Shook even talked about how he was the most explosive runner in the NFL last yes. year. Quarterback, running back, anybody. He was anybody. the most explosive running back or runner in right. the NFL, according to all these advanced metric metrics that Shook is so good at procuring. Um, so yeah, it's absolutely appropriate. Uh, you obviously you just want to keep seeing him be able to do this year in and year out like those other guys could. Yeah, shout out to Nick Shook and our friends at Next Gen Stats with the NFL who always seem to come up with that stuff. This is one of the things that I wish the NFL would really go even deeper into because a lot of the stuff like Next Gen Stats, things of that nature, if they looked at it as a as a kind of a uh, PR type of thing, like generating interest, you know, we keep hearing about like, oh, the NFL Network doesn't make like yeah, I, the NFL Network might not make money, but it's not there necessarily. To make money, like we could put Screaming A. Smith on there or somebody like that and try to drive up ratings or something like that. But at the same time, you want to you want to get interest. And I think this kind of content, like talking about running quarterbacks, this is the kind of things that are very interesting. So I would ask you, Carmen, was there anybody when you listen to that list? Because I know that he struggled for a moment uh, to go out there and talk about Steve Young. Yeah. Was there anybody that you think he, he was missing? Um. I don't necessarily know if there's someone he was missing. I mean, I probably have a bias towards I Donovan McNabb was one of my favorite players Ooh, growing up. Okay. And it wasn't that he necessarily had to, like, I think his best season running or most yards running one season was like 700 yards. I think that's the most he ever got, but it was his yards per carry. And like when he ran and how like he just took advantage of those openings so well. And he was very productive on a per play basis uh, on the ground and so that was just kind of my first I mean he was also there like in the same time frame of Mike Vick and stuff like that so it was one of those things where he I don't think he got the credit for being the runner that he was yeah. but I always enjoyed watching him as a player and that was kind of my first um, I don't know just my first exposure to understanding what a, what quarterback play could be and I think that he was kind of on the forefront of that with, along with Mike Vick of seeing these hybrid quarterbacks now well, I, Donovan McNabb, if I'm not mistaken, from the Chicagoland area, if I have that yes. correctly. Yes. And uh oh, actually I think Donovan McNabb and I actually I think we share the same agent. So I should have I should put him on the list as well. He lives but, in yeah. Arizona now, I think. Yes. I've met, yes. Him, I've, I've met him a couple of times. He's a really nice guy. Um, but yeah. I you know what's funny is I met him one time, or he used to work for the NFL network, or he would do work for us, and he was um he was at the network the night after John Cena roasted him on an episode of WWE Raw. And of course, like, they're like, hey, Rank, can you go talk to Donovan McNabb about this? And I'm like, no, no. I really, I really don't want to do this. Like, oh, you know, and this is back when blogs were a thing. I'm just sorry. Blogs are still cool. I love blogs. Um, but we were doing the, uh, it was around the NFL, around the league. I think we called it at that point around the league. And I'm like, oh, I'll do a blog post. And I'm like, all right. Like, I'm so sorry. I got to ask you. And he was just so, he, he didn't find the humor in what John Cena was saying. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> and I don't blame him. And I'm like, I'm sorry that I have to ask you this question. But when you talk about, you know, guys who sort of revolutionize the position, being able to have that running ability, I would also go at the Philadelphia Eagle as well. But I'm a little bit older. So I'm going to go to Randall Cunningham who I remember playing, I remember playing college football at UNLV and he was a, he was a fantastic running back. As a matter of fact, his, 
1984 champion, his Big West champion team of, of 1984, they ended up having to forfeit all of their games because they lost, they used an in, ineligible player. They were going to play Cal State Fullerton, who was undefeated at the time, who had Damon Allen, the brother of Marcus Allen, at Angel Stadium or Anaheim Stadium, where the Rams played at the time. And uh, the night before it rained and they canceled it and they had to go play at some high school stadium. So you had Damon Allen, CFL Hall of Famer. If I'm thinking about it, I'm pretty sure Damon Allen was still there, but I know Randall Cunningham was there for sure. Playing in this high school stadium, I was like eight or nine or something uh, watching this game in this rainy high school stadium. Uh, and it was just amazing. And what he was able to do on the NFL level, and even for kids who grew up playing Super Tecmo Bowl and QB Eagles, all QB Eagles out there, like was such a great player. Uh, so fantastic to watch. If you think about, well, I mean, it's funny because if you can put it in the lens of like, had he played in today's NFL uh, with less AstroTurf, no AstroTurf, you know, not not playing at the vet or something like that, like how good it could have been. But also like he did end up becoming an NFL MVP when he played for the Minnesota Vikings. You're Minnesota Vikings, of course. Actually, what's funny is I wish that my stuff wasn't packed away in boxes right now because I have a Randall Cunningham original jersey. It was my dad's from the 80s. No it's way. Like, it's like my favorite thing that I have, like in my sports collection. And I have it's like the Kelly Green, yes. which is like the, so the silver stripes. And so I have a Randall Cunningham jersey and it's just sitting in a box right now. If I was like, if it wasn't in a box, I would pull it out, but it's great. My dad oh, my. grew up in Philly. So I like, oh. that's kind of why like my earliest memories of football center around the Eagles and not the Bears. Um, Cause I had to make the conscious decision to become a football fan. And that didn't happen until after I got exposed to the Eagles. And then I was like, well, there's a team in my town. So right, I'm yeah. gonna, now I'm going to be a Bears fan, but it, it started as the Eagles. So that's why the Eagles have had a huge part in why I love football as much as I do. No, was your dad a big Chuck Bednarik fan? Oh yeah, yeah, huge. Carly? yeah, huge. I was, so he... I, I was at a Super Bowl party in Vegas. I think it was for Super Bowl, whatever one the Ravens beat the Giants, and there was a guy, this this older gentleman who was just sitting there, and this you know I was in my twenties at the time, and this guy was wearing a concrete Charlie jersey, number sixty of the Philadelphia Eagles. So I walk up to him and I go, "Hey, um," I go Chuck Bednarik, right? And his face, he was so elated. He's like, I woke, he's like, I told my daughter when I put on this jersey today that somebody was going to know who this was. He's like, I didn't expect it to be a teenager uh, like you, but I knew somebody would. And we sat there and had a good conversation. And my friend, because I actually had turned to my friend who is an Eagles fan. And I had asked him, I'm like, hey, do you think this guy's got a Bednarik jersey on? He's like, who? I'm like, okay, I'm done talking to you. (laughs) Uh, But he was my age too. So it's like, not like, you know. You had to be. I was still. I was interning for the NFL during this time, so I had known who Chuck Bednarik was. So it was like a big thing for me. But uh, it's funny. Like so. Also, you know, as we were talking, another running quarterback. I wish I could have. I, I just thought of was John Elway, who doesn't get a lot of. Uh, I mean his his early his early days were running. Like he was a running quarterback, and I think that you know sometimes when they talk about who Justin Fields reminds you of. You know, I think that Elway, we should bring up Elway a little bit more because Elway had the cannon. Like Mm -hmm. one of the things that was the knock on him during the start of his NFL career uh, was that he didn't have the touch on the football and that he could throw deep and he could run. 
and he just had this cannon. And I think Justin, maybe. And if and if his career mirrors John L.A.'s, uh, I won't complain about that <laughs> either. What about, though, let me ask you this. Josh Allen was not on his list. He didn't mention Josh Allen. And he no. didn't mention Patrick Mahomes either. Like, are these slights? Or is it just like, it's just, I mean, he, he mentioned some all-time greats. So it's not yeah. like he's besmirching anybody. But the Josh Allen one sort of like, hmm, should he have mentioned him? I mean, I think the only was was the only current one he mentioned Lamar. Lamar, yeah, he yeah. I mean, Lamar like, because Lamar's like, you know, he's known as the running quarterback, right? Whereas like yeah. Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen, like they're mobile and they can get themselves out of trouble. But like, you're not. I mean, I guess they've done they McDermott's done it a few times with Josh Allen, but I feel like Patrick Mahomes isn't taking any designed runs. Like that's not, not happening many. for Mahomes. Not he's many, running, yeah. He's running in the backfield because he has to or because he's trying to make something out of nothing like he's so incredibly good at. But and Josh Allen doesn't really get that many designed runs either. I feel like when you're talking like running quarterback, you're talking about a guy that like, no, you're designing a play for him. You're telling him to run. You're not. He's not just scrambling. Well, um, Allen does run a little bit like he runs. Yeah, like, like a little Buffalo- Buffalo's never solved their like running back position, which is why I find it weird. They haven't brought in Dalvin cook because it, it always seems like Josh Allen has to be. And he runs for, he, he does design touchdown runs too, though. Yeah, he does that. And he, he loves his little sneaks too. Oh, yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I just, I don't see them drawing up plays necessarily like they do for Lamar or like, I'm assuming they're going to do more of for Justin um given his field of vision like i don't know i just don't see josh allen as like a running like in the running back role at all like i don't Mm -hmm. think josh allen has like vision when it comes to running behind linemen and stuff like that whereas i could see justin doing that yeah oh yeah like he he could pick up holes and everything like that right and and i believe that braxton jones has talked about it a couple of times as well that he like justin really helps him out blocking downfield uh, when he gets on some of those undesigned runs where the play just kind of breaks down. Those are always fun. Probably see less of those this year because of DJ Moore, who, by the way, I think he just welcomed the, the birth of his second child uh, into the world just recently. But with DJ Moore there, I expect, you know, a lot of those designed runs to kind of evaporate and be not checkdowns, but like finding DJ Moore, who's likely going to be wide open uh, playing the X position. So I guess, and so, uh, and you know, we didn't mention, we might as well throw in Jalen Hurts as a good running quarterback, just so we hit the gamut of K- Cunningham, Donovan yeah. McNay. I know, uh, like all like Eagles, Jalen like, Hurts, Eagles, 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 runners, Eagles, running Eagles runners, man, Eagles running quarterbacks. That's just a thing for that franchise, which is great. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously Jalen Hurts is like the precursor to a lot of these guys, like after Lamar, but of course, um, yeah, I was, I guess I was trying to think more all time. We did not know. I was too. Kenny Stabler was another guy that could probably run a lot too, but you know, we could go on and on about this, but speaking of quarterbacks, uh, Omaha productions and uh, NFL films, the quarterback series that follows Patrick Mahomes, your guy, Kirk cousins (laughs) and uh, Marcus Mariota. It, it was pretty good. It's, it's turned out to be a really huge success. A lot of positive. Okay. There was one guy on Twitter who compared it to friends to which I was like, I like friends. So I don't know. I like friends. too. <laughs> I don't know what, I don't know what you're trying to say. It was probably like, I, I don't want to, I don't know who it was, but it was somebody on Twitter and I saw it and I immediately hit the mute button. And by the way, if you ever want to be muted or just flat out blocked by me on Twitter, number one, say that Justin Fields is a running back or number two, uh, say Shohei Otani is going to play for the Dodgers instant block. I don't even, I just don't want to see it. I don't, I don't need to see anything about it, but, uh, but obviously, um, 
the big news was is that Omaha Productions and Peyton Manning announced there will be a season two for quarterbacks. Again, I'm assuming that they're following three guys. Which three quarterbacks do you think would make the best for this series in season two? Yeah, I like how this season is like a vet and then like the best quarterback in the league and then a guy that, you know, has had some struggles. And so like the vet is Kirk Cousins. The exciting person is Patrick Mahomes. And the one you're not sure about is Marcus Mariota. I like that kind of like formula because I think Mm -hmm. it shows you all aspects, which is the point of the show of what it means to be an NFL quarterback because it's not all like – sunshine and rainbows and you're not always Patrick Mahomes in fact no one is Patrick Mahomes yeah yeah so I think it's interesting to show the different journeys and the different stages of what it could possibly be like and so first of all those guys were asked who if they did another position group who it should be and I think Mariota and Mahomes both said offensive linemen to which I am a huge supporter I'm like, give me an offensive line show like this because they do. Like, offensive linemen have the best personalities on the team. Like, even Mahomes admitted that. Yeah. Um, but if you're going to stick with quarterbacks, I think for the Mariota role, you kind of look at a guy like Baker Mayfield because, like, he has Ooh. a really great personality and, like, yes. he's really interesting. And again, like, you don't know what to make of him yet. So I feel like mm-hmm. following him for a season, especially now with the Bucks, when he's like, the storylines just like write themselves. Yeah. Um, so I would love it if Baker Mayfield was part of it. Um, Joe Burrow, I think, is the exciting one that you want to follow. I think it, w- yeah. it would have to be either him or Josh Allen. But I think, I think everybody's going to say Joe Burrow, I think. Yeah, for sure. He's just he's Joe cool. He's so cool. And you just want to know more about him. And because like he doesn't he's still like he pops up at certain things. But I feel like we don't really know him that well. Still, I don't know. Yeah. We just like I think in that part of it is probably by design because a little bit of mystery is fun. Yeah. Um, and then- oh, wait, wait. I, I know who your vet's going to be, and I'm going to be angered. I'm who? just my- I know who it is. Who? Tell me. You're going to say Jared Goff. No. Oh. I was going to say Matt Stafford. Oh. Also very good. Okay. Which, like, I mean, you know, Lions Connection or whatever, but I think. But that- no. I- like, he's just in such an interesting spot, and he has accomplished so much like he he does have a super bowl under his belt which is amazing and so it's like but like he's on a team that i mean i don't know what to make of the rams right now i mean it's just it's not it's not a good situation but like he had all of the success in detroit and like it it was like unrequited success essentially and then he gets to la he wins the super bowl and then he's plummeted into this purgatory and i just think that that's a really interesting thing so it would be matt stafford Joe Burrow and Baker Mayfield. I think that would be hilarious. It's like he's back with the line. Baker would be funny. Yeah, no, no, no. You're absolutely right. I was, um, because when I was thinking about it too, I was thinking obviously Joe Burrow would be the number one guy for the same reason, like playing the Patrick Mahomes role. I didn't quite think of it in the, you make a lot of sense the way you put that. I go, I see what you're doing now. Cause I was thinking like Justin Fields, Brock Purdy would also, or the 49ers quarterback room would be interesting but putting it out there the 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 way you put it out there so i think we'd both agree i would i would absolutely want to go with joe burrow a veteran quarterback who is kind of like just scuffling along i don't know i know the cowboys get a lot of um press anyways so it's not like and they've been on hard knocks so i don't know how much new we would find out about like Dak Prescott, but I think that Dak Prescott's Dak, in a- Dak was in the back of my mind too. Yeah. Because like 
you still don't know a ton about him and he's got a really interesting story um, yeah. just from from growing up and then like his time at mississippi state and so like i feel like he he's so he's such a polarizing figure mm-hmm. and i feel like there's just this huge debate on whether or not he's a top 10 top 12 quarterback and it's like, what What more do you want yeah. him to do, though? Like, he, like, Cowboys are in double-digit wins every year. It's not, I mean, like, it is his fault that they're not getting further into the playoffs. But, like, is it really? And I just, and Jerry Jones would give their camera crew as much access as they need That's because true. Jerry loves doing things for the plot. That's yeah. just Jerry. So, like, he would be a really good one, too. I, I, def- I thought about Dak, too. I was, um... Yeah, it's one of those things like just from television production standpoint, like we need a cowboy in there to make sure because like you got Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs and Joe Burrow is a huge star. I'm not besmirching him or saying anything bad about him or the Bengals. I love the Bengals organization. I love the city of Cincinnati, but you need that pop. And I think that Dak Prescott is kind of like it's like when you're putting together a music festival. It's like, yeah, we can't have the indie band, like the really popular indie band. You do have to have the Taylor Swift level somebody in there to really sell this, the bad bunny, like whomever it is, post Malone, whatever. That's what, what Dak Prescott does. Bunny. All right. right? You know? Good job. So um and I know is I know his music through kids bop, of course. Um <laughs> but in any event, I I'm trying to think and I can't top the Baker Mayfield one because that's absolutely perfect. The only other one who I think would be sort of close because it would be able to tie in what's going on with Kyler Murray is to see what's going on with Colt McCoy because Colt McCoy is going to go out there and win some games for the Cardinals. And then mm-hmm. all these people on total access and first take and all this stuff, they're like, Oh, the Cardinals better off just going with Colt McCoy. Like, <laughs> oh, stop. Please stop this stuff. Like, no, they're not. If you want to talk about should they draft Caleb Williams and get rid of Kyler Murray, <laughs> I will have I will have that conversation, but I'm not going to entertain is Colt McCoy better. Yeah, better the answer team <laughs> than Kyler Murray. And just please stop it. I uh, I get very upset by these things. But I do want to say, speaking of Dak Prescott, I'm, I'm glad you brought him up because my friend and I participated in the Scott Fishbowl live draft event this weekend. If you're not familiar with it, you might see it trending on Twitter sometimes. People, especially if you're in the, if you're a fantasy enthusiast at all, you hear about the Scott Fishbowl. It's this, it's this charity league that has thousands of participants in all these separate leagues. And it's a lot of fun and we're raising money. You can go to fantasycares.com. I think it's fantasycares.com, but just Google fantasy cares. If you want to be involved, donate a little bit of money. Our money goes personally. Uh, the money that we play for is for children's hospital of orange County. We, so my friend and I, cause I had, cause I was, you know, I was being a huge celebrity out in the greater <laughs> Pittsburgh area. I was, uh, I let, I had let, I had my friend, my best friend, Matt go out there and do the live draft for me. And he's, He's, he loves this stuff. He like eats it up. You know, like whenever you bring your friends along to some of these events that we get to go to that we yeah. sometimes, not that you and I take it for granted, but sometimes we can still take it for granted. But you, yeah. the, to, our, to a lot of our friends, like what we do is so cool. So I was excited that he was able to go out there until he texts me and goes, I drafted Dak Prescott. And I'm like, get, stop drafting. Please go home. No, he's um, a productive quarterback. He is absolutely no. He was he apologized to me. Um, he apologized and he was like, "I can't believe I drafted that." I'm like, "That's a great pick." I go because yeah. go. We were picking 11th, and the two guys. I said, "Listen, here's what I want you to do because it's a two quarterback or it's a super flex league where you can start two quarterbacks." I go get Justin Fields and get Trevor Lawrence, and that and those guys went nine and ten right in front of us. Both oh, of them. No. We didn't even get one of them. I'm like, cool. Oh. But I'm like, Dak's fine. 
And then I, I really was like, it's totally cool. It's totally fine. And um, so he got that, but he also drafted Cole Komet. And I'm like, did you not listen to our show last week? Yeah. Like Cole Komet's our blocker. Yeah. What are we? I doing mean, I think that he'll have he'll get some work, especially down in the red zone. But like I said, I mean, seeing it's a, well. The seeing, good news, the good news is, it's a point for, for it's not a point per reception. It's a point for first down. So I think that oh. Cole Komet's going to be a stick mover. So that that could work out in your favor. We'll I just, okay, after right? after seeing Bobby Tunyon uh, in number eighteen, I'm like, okay, we all know he's, what you're here to do. He's so we know good. What you're, we know what you're here to do. <laughs> number eighteen ain't blocking. We know that for a fact. Um, I and so as uh and you know to pull back the curtain a little bit for our for our producers and for you, I like to produce a rundown and kind of go after this. And so our draft, it's a so the first ten rounds were live, and then the rest of it has been a slow draft. It's still going. Like every team gets eight hours to pick. It's kind oh of a God. chore. It's kind of a chore now. But it's so long. When I was doing this, when I was doing this rundown, I was. I was uh, I was going out and I was like, well, I'm going to draft Dalton Kincaid here in five picks. Jinxed myself by no. writing this down. Dalton Kincaid goes the pick right before me. No, Whoa. I was I, like, still, I think that would be a good pick. I still want to. I still want to give this analysis. And Sammy, if you're recording this, which I hope that you are, you can use this as our fantasy minute. Uh, for by the way, if you go to the website, if you're watching us via YouTube, uh, I didn't produce one today because we have the live show. But Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, I will be producing a fantasy minute. And it's just a one-minute take on something that's happening in the world of sports. Right now, we have one up with uh, DeAndre Hopkins and where I think he's going to fall in fantasy this season. Obviously, he just signed with the Tennessee Titans. So if you want to check that out, it's in our community page. Uh, and we'll be dropping these little fantasy nuggets also on my TikTok, Instagram, all that stuff. We drop it. So I'm going to tell you this about Dalton Kincaid. Now, a lot of times when I'm doing like mock drafts just for general NFL, I always have fantasy in mind. And I had Dalton Kincaid as a guy who I hoped went to a team like the Buffalo bills, uh, because it would have been the ideal situation. And this is not a shot at Dalton Knox or Dawson Knox, excuse me, Dalton Schultz, Dawson Knox, Dawson the Knox. same guy, uh, Dawson Knox, uh, who is a nice player. But when you watch Kincaid play at Utah, like, I don't think it's hyperbole to say, that we are watching the college version of Travis Kelsey, which I know is a very heavy burden for these players to K, but you put this guy in the slot because he's like like Bob Tunyon. He's not blocking for you. Uh, you watch him go. Kincaid was the only Division One tight end to have it to have four seasons with eight plus receiving touchdowns over the last twenty five years. Our research department stopped looking. Uh, probably nobody's ever done that. Maybe Mike Dicka. We didn't look, and we're not going to look. Also, uh, he recorded the third most receiving first downs uh, 49 in a single season among S FBS tight ends since 2014. That of course comes from our friends at two uh, from pro football focus. So if you're looking for a fantasy tight end and you missed out on the big names, Dalton Kincaid is a guy for you. And that was probably more than a minute. Hopefully Sammy can uh, and edit it, edit it. So I'm not butchering the poor Dawson's name. I love Dalton. I, I love Dalton Schultz last year too. And I think that he's actually moved on to a pretty good situation, but still, um, but that's it. I just wanted to put, the, put a fantasy spin out there again. And we keep gabbing. Let's go to the Sammy. Do we have any questions? Goodness gracious. We, uh, it's the off season. And I'm like, uh, can we fill, can we fill five minutes? And then we fill 40. <laughs> uh, what's your prediction for the secondary 
and uh, bear down. Thank you, Diesel. Carbon and I have both been in concert with this about how much this secondary is probably going to improve this season, especially with Kyler Gordon playing a full season as a slot corner, which is not a slight people. If you've taken anything from this show during the off season, it's that slot is a very important position. And I think with Tyreek Stevenson and our guy, Jaquan Brisker getting another year of experience. I, I really think that the secondary, uh, the linebackers are good, but I think our secondary could end up being the strength of our defense. What do you think? I still think the linebackers are for the sole reason that, I like the starting secondary. There is not a lot of depth mm. behind them as far as the bears go because, and that's going to come up. I mean, corners go down. You you need yeah. to have a rotation of three to four very good corners. And I don't see that with the bears right now. I think they're starting outside corners. Kyler Gordon also, yeah, being a slot guy. I mean, this team though, stays in base quite a bit. And so that's, that, that's going to be, I guess that gives you a little bit more depth because Kyler can kick out to the outside if he needs to. Um, But I just, I don't see the depth there. That's my big thing with them. That being said, obviously Jalen Jones is, he's Jalen Johnson rather. There's Jalen Jones, Jalen Johnson. It's very hard to keep track of. Of course. (laughs) He's a great corner. One of the best in the league. And I think is one of the most underrated at the very least. Um, and then you have Eddie Jackson, though, who has taken on this wonderful mentor slash leader role because all of a sudden he's the vet in the room and he's he needs to kind of step up to the plate and he has. So I love the starting group. I just am concerned as to the depth. Um, and especially when you are trying to get Kyler Gordon to adjust to that nickel role to that slot corner spot, moving him back and forth might stunt his growth a little bit if, somewhere, if someone were to go down. Um, but we'll see. I I I still think the linebackers have to be a strength of this team because they are relatively deep and you have two really good, if not three really good guys. I think Jack Sanborn is a cult favorite now. So yeah. hopefully he can keep up. I mean, that strong side there, that strong, that Sam linebacker position is really well suited for him. But Jermaine Edmonds, yeah. TJ Edwards, like that's a dynamic, like interior lineman, like inside line linebacker, not in lineman, inside linebacker uh, room. It just is. There's there's nothing more that I love than seeing things with like um now obviously I think it was uh I think it was Sanborn himself. Is it was it Sanborn who was at a Cubs game throughout a first pitch? Did Sanborn throw out the first pitch of the he, Cubs he game? Did. Yeah, so like you see these guys who are Chicago people or grew up yeah. in the Chicagoland area going out there being Huge Did you see them. what the Bears posted about TJ Edwards today? That's well, that's the second one. Okay. I was going to say, like, we saw it with TJ. That's I was trying to remember who that. Yeah, the, the TJ Edwards was in that little Riddell gear that we yeah. bought as kids, and uh, he was in a Bears. I, I I think the number was in the eighties. Like, I think yeah, I, I think like, it was eighty. I think he was wearing yeah. eighty. I was like, yeah. oh, look at him! Like that. I love seeing that kind of stuff and watching them come back and being such a huge part of uh, the Bears. This is why I'm glad that your guy Skaronsky didn't end up the, we didn't need the packer no, i'm just kidding i'm teasing i like skronsky he's i'm sure a nice person <laughs> he is i'm sure of it um how about another question sammy after i've now irritated carmen by making oh my gosh ron thank you so much for the five dollar uh pledge adam do you think the bears have the best linebackers in the league i know i do well, you know what? I was just giving the secondary more love than them. But I think as Carmen was talking, she's absolutely right. I think that the depth of this position 
and going out there. And this lends itself to the conversation that we've been having. I know that we've had it on this show. I've talked about it other places where I go and talk about the Chicago Bears because it always feels like I have to defend why they traded Roquan Smith. And I think it's for the very same reason that you just mentioned is like it gives us more flexibility, more room, more depth. You know, I mean, it it goes to show like, you know, like it would be cool to have a player like Roquan and perhaps next year there might be a guy like that we can go grab. I would anticipate that being on the defensive line. But yeah, it's nice to have like go pick the pop player. But I think that for what Ryan Poles has been trying to do over the last couple of years or the last two years is build the depth out. And I think that the Bears have done a really nice job of building out that depth. And I think how does that, that's got to help. I know that that's been a, pr- a problem is getting pressure on the court. And we didn't even mention Sewell uh, as somebody who yeah, could also. That's who I was going to, because that he was an indirect um, result of the Roquan trade because he was taken right. with that fifth pick, that fifth round pick. So um, you added, you know, Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards in free agency. And then you also got some depth. Um, in that room from the Roquan trade. So I like, I see the vision and I don't think it's a huge drop off between Roquan and, and Tremaine Edmonds. I really think that he's going to be fantastic. But um, as far as like league wide, and this is probably bias on my part, but like I came from the Buccaneers and yeah. I happen to think that Levante David and Devin White are oh, two yeah. the best inside linebackers that you could possibly have on one team together. Um because they do it all. I mean, I know that it's the injuries have kind of prevented uh, Devin from being as involved in the pass rush as he wants to be. But I would look towards the fact that the Bucks now have this crazy rotation up front. That's going to mean a lot more production as far as sacks go for Devin White this year. So you can like mark that down if you want. Yeah. Um, for me. But I like. Again, I'm probably a little biased, but at the same time, I think Levante David has been criminally underrated his entire career. Totally. And um, Devin White, again, if he's as productive as I think he's going to be in the pass rush this year, like they're going to give any linebacker room a run for their money. Yeah, I don't think that I don't think that's biased at all. I think that's probably the best call. Trying to go through all the linebacking groups, I think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that probably is. Uh, I would agree with you with that one. Uh, what about uh, some more questions though? Uh, isn't the Claypool slander getting foolish now? He was accused of running the wrong route. Of, yeah, I know. I I get it. Yeah, there was, you know, people take these videos and it, and it goes back to something that happened last year too when like Tua Tungavailoa threw one ball to Tyreek Hill that might have had a little air under it. And of course, these things get overanalyzed. I do think it's foolish because I think that, you know, Chase Claypool is going to play. He's going to make the roster. He's going to start. He's going to be given an opportunity to prove to be the receiver that we expect him to be. And I think that anybody who's saying anything right now, it is, you're just mean. Like there's, you don't know anything and you're just being mean and it's mean spirited. So I, I kind of, I'm, that's one of the things I'm also getting uh, outside of Justin Fields as a running back. I think that's my pet peeve. Number two. I think a lot of this Claypool backlash is coming a from Steeler fans, which understandably he did not pan out like you thought he would. Or fantasy owners, Claypool fantasy owners, where he has not turned in the production that you kind of expected him to. But, I mean, for all intents and purposes, we saw him down in Miami now working out with Justin Fields. He missed minicamp because he had a soft tissue injury. But he clearly is feeling better, and he's still trying to get that working with Justin Fields. He's making up for that lost time. So, 
I like I know he like he went on Twitter and he like made some people mad or maybe it was Instagram that he made some people mad being like, oh, I guess I have to quit now because I don't post workout videos. Oh, yeah. And it's like we've become like really accustomed to guys doing that. But that's by no means a prerequisite. It doesn't mean these guys aren't working. And I just think that seeing him down in Miami was proof enough that like he's he's trying and that's all it. you can ask of him right now. And again, yeah, like even if he did run the wrong route in that video, so what? That's what these practices are for. Right. Like no one gets it perfect every time. No one gets it perfect every time in a game. I think actually to go back to the quarterback series, there was, I forget which episode it was because I've been binging them. So I like it yeah. all just blurs. They'd all run together. Yeah. Right. But there was one episode where they talked specifically about how quarterbacks, especially, but everybody, like all players in football, this is a test every week. Your game plan is different every week depending on your opponent. So you have to memorize and execute different plays every single week. And you have to remember that within the span of a split second uh, when that play is called out to you. And so it's like, how would you feel if you were being tested over and over and over again? Like these guys are literally taking tests like final exam type tests every right. single week and and then have to go out and physically exert themselves to a incredible degree. So all of that has to match up. So yes, sometimes people run the wrong route. Yes. Sometimes people overthrow because, you know, they didn't have enough on it or they thought that it was going to end up being a different route or whatever it is. There are so many moving parts that have to go right on every single football play. It's actually wild that as many of them work out as they do like when you really start to understand it right. playbooks and stuff i was fortunate enough to be able to look into the bucks playbook when i was there like especially defensively and it just blew my mind because the more i learned the more i realized that i didn't know and i was right. like okay i don't this is insane this is insane anybody who wants to say football players are dumb has never looked inside an nfl playbook but that's my rant so who it cares is if he ran the wrong route? this is what practice is for it's a bunch of people who can't even remember all the names of the parents in their child's class who are now calling out these players for not knowing the specific route that they're supposed to be running here in July. And similar to you, Akbar Bajabia Miller, who I used to work with on the NFL Fantasy Live show. By the way, we share the same agent. Um, he brought out one of his defensive playbooks one time, right. and it was so big. And you're like, and you know, and you think about when these players get traded. You know, you're like, yeah, here's here's what you got to learn. And a lot of these guys, you know, even if it's offense or defense, you know, sometimes they'll be like, look, you're an athlete. Go out there. Hopefully they have when you talk about like limited things, there are some things that are probably basic to a lot of the same NFL teams. But it is so difficult uh, to get down all these concepts, especially when you have a young quarterback. Patrick Mahomes makes it look easy because he comes in there. He works with a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster. And of course, it comes in and it's dynamite. He figures out a way. I think that, you know, with a young quarterback, it's not like Justin Fields is this veteran who's been in this system for years. He's not somebody that, you know, it, it's going to take a little, they're all learning. So I'm not even, I'm not even sweating it. I think Joey Porter Jr. is the thing. If Chase Claypool outperforms Joey Porter Jr. Or if Tyreek Stevenson outperforms him, or if, uh, if Sewell comes in and out, any one of those guys, <laughs> if they're better than Joey Porter Jr., then we'll be, or if Joey Porter Jr. is a, a, a boss, the Sealer fans. Oh, you're not going to want to, you're not going to want to be around me because I will be reminding you of this time and time again. I do want to, do we have time for one more? Let's, wait, hold on. What time is it? Let's do one more question. Let's do one more question. I got to put on my glasses because we also do. I have a read too at some point or not. <laughs> uh, Justin Fields 
Uh, is he a league winner in 2023? You know what? The one thing about him, I was just doing my fantasy quarterback rankings. The one thing that you need from him is him to still run for touchdowns because I think given the the complexity of all, all the different fantasy leagues, I will say this to anybody when it comes to questions like this, more so than like what specific player, what sleeper or anything like that, the most important thing that you can do when you're getting ready for your fantasy season is to know what your league scoring is because every league is different. I play in two leagues. My, my I have a second city league. I have my league of record. Both of those leagues put higher values on quarterbacks, passing totals, six points for passing touchdowns, bonuses for 300, 400, 500 yards. Justin Fields does not perform as well in those leagues, despite the fact that he rushed for a thousand yards. When you have a quarterback like Kirk Cousins, for instance, or Trevor Lawrence at the end of last year, who are throwing for 400 yards, like those bonuses add up. So yeah. it is extremely important to make sure that you understand your scoring and you draft accordingly. And a lot of times too, you're, you're, it's like poker where you're not necessarily playing your hand. You're playing against your friends, knowing who they draft in my league of record. Everybody like you get like these hipsters who are like, I don't draft a quarterback before the 12th round. I only draft one, whatever my friends draft all the quarterbacks in the first five rounds, and then they start drafting their backup quarterback in the eighth round. So if you try to wait on a quarterback, you're going to end up losing. But I'm glad that somebody brought up uh, fantasy sports because I am pleased to announce that Underdog Fantasy is once again a part of the SICK podcast. We could not be more thrilled to have them on board once again. And by the way, Underdog Fantasy is the easiest way to play fantasy sports. It's simple to get started. Just head to underdogfantasy.com or better yet, download the app Sign up using the promo code SICK and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. And I've got to tell you, I've played all these things. I'm drafting with the Scott Fishbowl and all these other leagues using other platforms, other sites. I personally prefer Underdog Fantasy. I think that it's a great app and it's great to have on your phone. Gives you injury updates and it goes into other sports too. And it helps keeps you you up to date on all sorts of things. So I want to thank everybody at underdog for joining us. Also, we're going to be putting together a couple of leagues too. Cause I know a lot of people come out and they're like, I want to play in a league against you. We're going to set that up. We're going to give some of the fans an opportunity to play against me. Mono e mono, maybe put a little scratch on the line. I will not be playing for any money. I will be playing on behalf of children's hospital of orange County, but you know what? We're going to give some fans the opportunity. Maybe even Carmen Vitale will join in. And play some fantasy. Oh, that's an sports. easy dub against me. I'm terrible at fantasy. Oh. I over I, I I talk myself into things. I overthink all of like it's hard when you cover the league to play fantasy because you're just like there's too much information in there, which sounds ridiculous, but it's true. And you're just like you yeah. overthink everything. And so I overthink everything. And I have I've been in leagues with people that like auto draft and then they do better than I am. I'm like, what's the point? It but is you could talk me into it, especially if it's for charity. You could talk me into it. Yes. Okay, good. So we're going to get you involved. Uh, my friend Scott Janowski does the best job of fantasy sports of like, he barely pays attention. He reads one, one person's, it's not mine, um, but he, he'll follow one person and just do what that guy says. And I think it's Jake Seeley or somebody like that. And then like he does, he does adequately well. He's won outside of me. He's won the most titles in our league of record, but he does a nice job, but hopefully we'll get them on underdog fantasy too. So listen, we're getting closer and closer to the start of training camp. Can't wait to uh, 
start really delving into some of these position battles and everything that's going on. And we'll have some more news as it comes out. Keep an eye out uh, for a Jaquan Brisker interview. Hopefully that comes through. That might be a special episode because we're going to be working around his schedule. So uh, if we can get that locked up for you or locked up and presented to you, we will do that soon. But uh, Carmen, anything else you got coming up for the uh, FoxSports.com? Uh, we, as a collective, actually, all of my colleagues over at FoxSports.com are taking a look at the teams with the most young talent, um, and which is like five or five years or less in the league. And uh, those rankings will start coming. The rankings will come out and then we'll start doing team by team. Uh, I think starting on Monday is when we Ooh. start. So I, I ranked all, all of them now. And now it's just a matter of every day there's going to be a different team and it's going to count down from 32 to one. So. You can see who has the most promising future via the young talent they currently have on their roster. Very cool. We will keep an eye out for that. And of course, uh, take it to the rank. We'll be back next week and uh, be out here answering your questions and doing all that stuff. And be be sure to look out for the Fantasy Minute. Uh, you've already saw the Dalton Kincaid one, but we'll have some other nuggets for you to help you get prepared for your fantasy season coming up. So for Carmen, I'm Adam and Sammy. Uh, until next week, bear down and Sammy, go ahead and play us out. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast with Adam rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google play and Apple podcasts brought to you by underdog fantasy.